Most podcast hosts think they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. I know you all love listening to me because I'm the greatest podcaster on the history of the planet. Our podcast hosts are down to earth, everyday, normal people. I just turn on the microphone and record. F*** it. TMA Studios. It's what you want. Hi, this is third-generation wrestler from the Small Dynasty, Lance the Future in Hawaii, and you are listening to SWN, Stovall Wrestling Network. Okay, let's do this fucking shit. What's up, everyone? It's me, Caleb Stovall, here, the one and only back with another episode of the SWN, the Stovall Wrestling Network, right here on TNB Studios. And of course, wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, and iHeartRadio, and all that and so much. I uh, hope you're doing well. hope you're staying safe right now. Um, you know, quarantine still continues, but hopefully it's lightening up a little bit. So, you know, we'll keep our eyes on, on that and stuff like that. But I hope you're doing well. hope you're staying, you know, healthy and safe uh, through these difficult times. And remember, we're going to get through this together. Uh, so that's why, you know, you have right here the Stovall Wrestling Network podcast right here to provide you just a little bit of entertainment and uh, brighten your day and stuff like that. And uh, speaking of brighten your day, I have with me one of my favorite guests who has appeared on this show, and he is back. He is the one and only Jay Garganis, a.k.a. Christian Fury. Jay, what's going on, man? Oh, man, you know, they say the third time's a charm on certain things, but tonight is the second time around because, baby, this is the second time I've been on the Stovall Wrestling Network right here on TMB Studios. I can't <laughs> wait to talk about these topics here tonight. I love wrestling. I'm ready to get started with it. Awesome, man. Yeah, like I- I'm glad to have you back. I hope you and your family are, are-, are doing well, you know, through these difficult times uh, and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, also, you've also got a podcast as well uh, that, that you might want to plug right here. <laughs> In Survivor Pain, I have a show right here on TNB Studios called WLW. We love wrestling. It's going to be a weekly episode. I mean, right now we can only talk about one episode currently, which is Every Man For Himself. If you haven't heard it yet, please go to Spotify or iHeartRadio and listen to it. Do yourself a favor, because the next show we're going to be plugging will be Spartacus and Polka Dots. You ain't going to want to miss this. Oh, yeah, and uh, I've, I've checked out the podcast as well. It's really good, so everyone needs to check that out. Well, Jay, you know what? I think we shouldn't waste any more time then. Let's talk about yours and my, our favorite subject in the world. Yes. Oh, man, I get chills every time I hear him say that. I know, right? And it's funny because he he says it again with what we're going to talk about later in the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't wait to dive into that. Oh, I know. But let's talk about that. That'll be the past uh, when, when we talk about that. But let's talk about what's going on in the world right now of pro wrestling in the present, Jay. Because some big news broke out uh, this past week, right? Now, you can take this for what it is uh, and, and stuff like that. But it was reported 
by former WWE employee Dutch Mantel. Um, uh, you know, it, it looked like it came from his Twitter account or something like that. Uh, that it, WWE has been sold to ESPN and Fox, which basically would mean that they were sold to Disney. Um, mm. And if, if so, that is huge. What say you? Man, wrestling will never be the same. It'll forever be stuck in a PG era. Um, but, hey, you know, things happen. I think Vince is looking for a way out. And, and with everything that went on with XFL, he lost his hat. Well, doing really nothing against him. You know, this coronavirus really shut him down on that and really put a hurting on him. Yeah. But I, I don't know where we would go from here. You know, um, I can't necessarily say it'd be a good thing or a bad thing. It's like one of those we'll just have to hide and watch, you know, because WWE has been a juggernaut for years. Yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing, right? So I saw this break and I thought, well, I, I don't know how much you can trust this, you know, because, again, it's former employee and it's this Dutch Mantel's, you know, real Twitter account. It looks like it is. Um, so... You know, I, I don't know, but a lot of news sources covered this uh, and everything like that. You know, he, here's the thing. I also read an article that was talking about who's going to be the head of WWE creative uh, when Vince McMahon steps down or, or, or all this kind of stuff, you know. And just last week, on, on last week's episode, me and Chris talked about how WWE says that or that there was an article that said that WWE is not going to be more of a live event uh, brand anymore, that they're going to be more of a TV production company uh, type thing. So, I mean, if you do, if you make this move to Disney, that's definitely what you're going to be, you know. Mm. That's not necessarily good. Because we're going back where it's like it's almost taking a step backwards because you're going live. Now you're going to go back to a taped environment where you can go, okay, you know, we can edit this part out. You know, there for years, SmackDown was taped. Raw was live. SmackDown was taped on Tuesday night. Right. And they were able to edit a lot of stuff in there to make it sound better or take some stuff out to make it look better. And, you know, it's a certain feeling you get as a wrestling fan if it's on live. Right. If you get the feel you get that feeling that you're actually there and whatever the fans are feeling there kind of helps you feel the same way instead of being forced hey this guy's really good or this guy really sucks right you know, i mean it's all a matter of perspective i mean you're right along with the rest of the crowd versus oh they're telling me to like this guy or they're telling me to hate this guy you know right. i don't know why Right. Well, you know, and I don't think that they would take away the live events completely, obviously, like they would still travel with SmackDown, Raw, maybe NXT. I don't know. Um, but they would still travel with those shows and, you know, their pay-per-views and stuff like that. But they would they would try to ease out, I guess, of the house shows, which to me, that's not that bad because it. I just I don't see the point of house shows 
nothing furthers a storyline or anything, you know, on those things. It's just, it's just a bunch of random stuff, like, like, it has nothing to do with TV. So I don't really, I don't really mind them getting rid of house shows, but I, I could bring up this point, right? You remember mm-hmm. the show Lucha Underground, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, if you notice, you know, that's the way, you know, especially at the WrestleMania when you had the Firefly Funhouse and, and uh, the Boneyard match especially, that's the way they were shot, kind of like that, you know? So it was like, well, obviously, you know, like kind of also like Matt Hardy's, I guess, but, but like they were shot like that. And I'm thinking, well, could WWE be headed in that direction? Could we see them literally take the show and make it more of a television show like that? That's another possibility to think about. You know, wrestling itself is constantly changed and constantly evolving. And if that was the case, I can't necessarily say that would be a bad thing or a good thing because I would cut out the live crowd, the live feed, you know. And have something cinematic where this could take place over the course of several days to be put up for a television show where, like you said, it would be more of a television show than a sporting event. Right. (sighs) Well, you know, I I don't know. You know, Lucha Underground really changed things when they came out with that presentation because everyone went, whoa, that's different. You know, and. Mm -hmm. It was such a cool and unique presentation. Like, because I've even, because they didn't want to do, you know, what everyone else was doing when you still have like, you have the backstage promos or, or like you'll have like a backstage uh, uh, confrontation or something like that. And you're supposed to act like no one saw it, you know, in the arena and stuff like that. Like everyone knows what's going on kind of thing. So, they wanted a different type of presentation where like, it was like, no, you actually don't know what's going on. Or like the audience there does not know what's going on backstage and stuff like that. Um, so I, you know, I don't know. I, WWE could be looking at going in that direction. I mean, you know, who, who knows, but who do you think Jay, since we're talking about it, I said, well, you know, a lot of people say Triple H is going to, you know, take over. Uh, A lot of people say Stephanie or Shane. And to me, I think it's just all of them. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I really think that, like, you know, they're just all going to come back and they're just going to all basically run it, you know, type thing. Uh, But that's just me. What say you? Well, if it was left up to one person, you know, I hate to say this. If it was left up to one person, Triple H has been pretty much groomed for doing that ever since that he decided to take an office job, you know, because he has the insides of the ring. You know, he's had a stellar career. He know he's been a student of the game for, you know, ever since he was coming into business, you know. So, I mean, he has that insight on knowing what works, what doesn't work. And, I mean, he's made NXT pretty damn successful because of it. Because I don't know, 
I'm pretty sure he's made it obvious, but for those that have been living under a rock for the past several years, Triple H is in control of NXT. And probably within the last year, he was put in control of 205 Live. And um, he's pretty much getting the reins of the company bit by bit on running it, turning things around, making it to where people want to see the product. And got it to a point where NXT just ain't the proven grounds anymore it's it brand all on its own to where it's now three brand company again and now i think what they're probably going to go towards in the future you're going to have triple h say stay with nxt have like stephanie or shane be in charge of either raw or smackdown because with everything going on to keep things fresh and from one person's vision and that's a lot of stuff to have to take care of talking about three shows four shows if you count 205 live which i think they're trying to merge into in it because they got their own um, cruiserweight championship coming up so you know they have you have that possibility of of that happening to where you have one person focusing on one show and trying to make that show grow that way you're not seeing a cookie cutter happen on this next show the next night or what have you to where you you get a better overall feel like Raw is his own entity, SmackDown is his own entity, NXT is his own entity, and then every once in a while you do the superstar shakeup or the lethal lottery where X number of wrestlers leave and go to different 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 uh, nights, different shows to change the the uh, playing field. So you have that ability to create new arcs, new storylines, and there won't be a cookie cutter of what happened on Raw or SmackDown or NXT. You would have different sites of what's going on, on what was working, what was not. And, hey, you know, this guy was the babyface, the top babyface in NXT. He's going to Raw. Now he, we're going to go ahead and turn him heel because he's hot right now and nobody would see it coming. You know, you've got that possibility, you know. So... I'd say all three. Uh, if, if done correctly, all three would be in it and it'd be in charge of each perspective, perspective brand. Yeah, I would think it would literally run in the family at this point. Like, like the family is just going to take over. Um, but that might not happen if you're sold to, say, Disney. Because Disney could then say, well, you know, Vince, we love you, but we don't want Triple H as the head. We want this guy that, that wrote Phineas and Ferb and, and, and uh, Hannah Montana is going to run this stuff. <laughs> oh, great. So uh, I'm going to be singing Hannah Montana songs. <laughs> That's great. That's yeah, I know, amazing. right? <laughs> right? Literally, <laughs> literally, literally, you could have her show up on Raw and SmackDown and she could say, just get the best of both worlds. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, or, or even worse yet, outside of Disney, they came in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, for real. Or, or worse, you could have like Selena Gomez show up for Wizards of Waverly Place. <laughs> during she, she can she, she shows up during the Money in the Bank ladder matchup. She, she just shows up. She teleports there. Then at the then she cashes in on Becky Lynch. We have a new Money in the Bank champion. 
Uh, oh, oh my god. <laughs> uh, now this is worst case scenario now, people. Oh <laughs> Lord, but good. Well, well you, 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 dude, we same. have no idea at this point. You know, just things are up in the air. And I really believe probably like a lot of people at this point. But I really believe it just it, it this really has all to do with his second go of the XFL. And it does comes from. But to me, again, like it looked like the XFL was doing pretty good. So yeah, I mean, we touched on that the last show we were on, and it was. It was actually, you know, I was interested in watching it. It was a different approach to go around. I think what stopped him this time was the virus. And that's something nobody predicted to happen, you know, when he decided to start the XFL back in 2020. And he got probably less than, what, four weeks in to, to it. He had to cancel all the events and went bankrupt on the XFL. He couldn't afford to keep everybody on. You know, as a hand to mouth right there when you first start, you know, it's either all or nothing, no pun intended. Yeah. Right. <laughs> sue me. Don't well, sue me. Well, you know, because the way kind of live events work pretty much at this point, because, you know, here's the thing a lot of people that had shows during June, May, and, um, or I'm sorry, May, June, and July, and stuff like that are now, you know, having to cancel those. And they're having to, you know, lose a lot of money because you pay, like, I think a downside guarantee that says that you will put on this show. And then, like, I, I don't know, somehow it works with the arena or something like that. But since you can't do that, you know, then you lose the money pretty much that you were going to get. And that, I guess that's what's happened. But the thing is, is, again... I, I don't know if it was necessarily a good idea at the same time to run WrestleMania without a crowd because think of how much money they probably lost on that night. Yeah, man, because there's people that travel all around the world to be able to be a part of a show like that. And they're usually there the next night on Raw as well. The Raw mm -hmm. right after WrestleMania. It's just like the start of a new season, even though there's no seasonal breaks in wrestling. But it, like WrestleMania is the ending of one season, and that Raw after is the start of another season to go yeah, and the and, after WrestleMania. Yeah, and if I could, real quick, Jay, um, me and Chris were talking about this last week on the show, but I want to get your thoughts on this, right? I To me... I think that there should actually be a break from WWE television for a little bit. Because think about that. Think if you had a break, you could literally build up. And I'm not talking even a long break. I'm talking maybe like a two or three month break, you know, just like just like three months of just no WWE, just just no new live raw, no new Smackdown. Like, WrestleMania is the actual end of the season. And then we start our season, you know, three months later. And, you know, you have a whole 
you have a whole fresh new product and stuff like that. Because, hmm. like, I feel like the weekly thing is actually killing WWE at this point. Because people, they don't want to sit there every single week and guess what's going to happen for three hours every Monday night. And then guess what's going to happen Friday night. And then what's going to happen Wednesday night. You got a point because there's three hours on Monday. Wednesday right. night is, what, two hours? And mm-hmm. then SmackDown is two hours. So that's three, four, five, six, seven. That's seven hours. And that's not counting 205 Live if, if, if you're watching that on the WWE Network for $9.99 a month. Um, <laughs> another hour or, or two right there. So you're talking nine, ten hours a week. Just in nothing but current wrestling. And that's and a lot of dedication for somebody. Every that, single month. Like an, or, or a network like here lately, or, or here lately, it's like every Every couple of weeks, they're having a, a, a big event, you know, a big pay-per-view event. And, you know, like, you'd have WrestleMania, and then two weeks later, you'd, you'd have, like, Backlash or Money in the Bank or something. You know, something that's, like, right on the top of the hills where, okay, we only get a two-week two, two week break, and we're getting bombarded with another big event. You know, we don't know what pace we're setting right now. You know, um so really, ultimately, yeah, it, it sounds bad initially when you say it, but as the more you're talking about it, the more I started thinking about it. Like if they did take that three month break, let's see, they have, let's say April 1st is WrestleMania, you know, because this happened on April 1st. All right, you cut out April. The rest of April, there's no WrestleMania. Uh, May and June is out. They come back July. They come back in the summer. You know, and they let's just say they bring back an old WCW event called the Great American Bash, okay? Because they've got their copyrights for it. They just can not, offer up just not burying a cement in cement at the end of the show, right? All right, let's don't do that again. <laughs> that made absolutely no sense on why Taker did that to his own manager. No, in the hindsight, it was to write him off. But anyway. <laughs> You know, do the Great American Bash. Have, you know, your NXT guys, you know, hey, this is what happened at Mania or at TakeOver, which I don't think we had a TakeOver this year. I think it went right into Mania. Um, forgive me if I'm No, wrong. we didn't have a TakeOver. No, actually, no, no, no. We did. We had somewhat of a TakeOver. It was uh, the Wednesday night show up against Dynamite. <laughs> oh, yeah. My bad. <laughs> But it wasn't a show per se like it would normally be on Friday night or Saturday night. So no, either way. it was on USA Live. Uh, well, maybe not live. I think they were. I think they taped it beforehand. But uh, yeah, um, that was that was the takeover basically. Okay, so it was the tookover. But anyway. But you know, here's real quick, if if I could. You know, another thing that, that I just have to point out, and maybe you'll agree with me, right? It's just mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff right now that I'm seeing with WWE. Not necessarily with NXT. NXT is still pretty good, but just a lot of the stuff I'm seeing with the main roster is just unwatchable. It makes no sense. It's like I'm sitting there. I'm just like, what is this? Like, 
like why is this people don't look like people don't look like normal people on that show <laughs> basically yeah, all right now we're going to rewind a little bit so we touched on two weeks ago braun Strowman and goldberg okay i understand why they had to insert braun Strowman in there to face goldberg because right? really on the roster outside of the range he's a logical choice to beat goldberg but they spent all this time beating down Braun Strowman only for him to get this massive push to become the universal champion or the WWE champion. universal. My bad. Whichever. The universal champion. And, uh, okay, so... There's no, no it's the WWE. It was the WWE. There's no, there's no... No, it was universal. Goldberg beat... Um, Goldberg defeated... Uh, the same Bray Wyatt for the Universal Strap. So he no defeated, remember because Lesnar had the Universal title. Lesnar had the WWE. He beat Kofi Kingston for it. Oh, that it. Oh, yeah, that is right. God damn! I like so, that's what I'm what saying. You, All this shit know, is too confusing. Right, because the red belt turned into a big blue belt. Okay, so it the, turned into a fiend belt. <laughs> <laughs> so reminiscent of the AKA the, the rattlesnake belt, you know, the smoke and skull championship, you right. know, or, or the United States championship special war by then the doctor of thugonomics, John Cena, you know, but <laughs> so we have, um, if we had that break, we come back strong on a big pay-per-view. They had a draft. Somewhere in it where you did a television, kind of like, you know, like the NFL almost does. But not exactly. Yeah. You would have people in the war room, like you showed the last draft you had, where you had guys on Fox and guys on the USA Network vying for these different guys. To come and, to their and you could also have wrestling matches at the same time. Yes, you could use the gimmick of like, yes, this person wins, you get this draft, you know, kind of thing. Oh, you get the one up. You get, you know, you get the number one draft, and we can make them triple threat matches because there's a big three company or three, three brands now. You yeah. know, okay, that's you'll be ousted out of your vote, but you won't get first dibs if you if your guys lose. You right. know, so you know, shake up the whole roster. Don't make it lethal lottery. Put it to where. Well, I'd keep the champions where they are because I'm tired of seeing the championships bounce. Because let's face it. I don't want the NXT championship on Raw, you know, because it wouldn't make sense. What are you going to call it? The Raw championship? You know, you can't keep it as the NXT championship. So the championships would have to stay where they are in order for it to make sense. So that means if you are a champion at the close of WrestleMania where the season ended, you know you bought your ticket to stay on the brand you're with because you're representing that brand. Yeah, yeah, and you could have, like, literally all three championships defended at WrestleMania. And let's just face it. Let's say this. Okay, where I don't, I'd love to go back to the general managers and really have general managers, okay? So you've got a general manager of Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Let's say, you know, for the sake of argument's sake, we'll put Triple H as the general manager of... NXT. I know right now William Regal is, but let's just say for the argument of say when if Disney does take over, you put NX, you put Triple H on NXT as the general manager. Stephanie McMahon over Raw, and you have Shane McMahon over SmackDown. Or hell, vice versa. That shit. 
you know. Mm-hmm. But Stephanie, brand that she was originally general manager of on SmackDown, and put Shane on Raw, and then you know say, hey, if their guy got drafted over to say NXT, and they wanted that, and say they took from Shane McMahon's Raw, okay, he would have a choice to go, hey, how about this? The guy you just got. I want him as the last act of me being the general manager over this guy faces your NXT champion, Adam Cole, baby. Yeah. Um, And if he beats Adam Cole, I get Adam Cole. And during this time, if say you didn't have some of this stuff, right? If say you didn't have Raw and SmackDown going on for a bit, you could then use that for the WWE Network to be like, hey, you missing WWE right now? Go to the WWE Network. We've got originals. We've got documentaries. We've got all past, present, you know, all that kind of stuff. Oh, man, absolutely. You know, you could take, like, say, make new shows like Triple H's NXT War Room and, and Shane's Raw War Room and Stephanie's SmackDown to where they're going through on a regular basis trying to figure out what they're going to do to make their brand better. By trying certain draft picks, they're trying to get certain people. They're trying to get on on their roster, make it competitive. Like all three brands are vying to be number one in WWE instead of oh, it's a brand. Have that brand warfare where it's actually they're going head to head on who's better, who can run this stuff better, who has the better show. Is it Raw? Is it NXT? Or is it SmackDown? Well, I also think that they should give the women their own show. Like, that's what I think Stephanie McMahon should be in charge of is a whole women's show. Like, and and I mean, like, I mean, like, you know, because, you know, WOW right now is killing it. Um, So is uh, uh, that new show Glow on Netflix. Um, you know, that, that I mean, it's a wrestling show, sort of, but, you know, it's it, it's a, it's a TV show. But, um, you know, I think that like that, like there should be four brands, but, you know, I, I guess, you know, the women could have their own thing, basically. But well, that, that's yeah, also McMahon on that. But then the only good substitute to put on SmackDown would be Paul Heyman. Well, yeah, obviously. And I mean, Paul Heyman's doing Monday Night Raw right now. Uh, and I, so. I would put Bruce Pritchard on Raw and put Heyman on SmackDown. There you go. You know, now we got, but still, you know, separate the brands. Make them competitive against each other because they had something similar going when they, the last couple of years when they did Survivor Series, where it was Team Raw versus Team SmackDown, but not necessarily in a traditional Survivor Series match. You had the champions going at it. Yeah, and well, last- that idea quickly went up in flames because, you know, they made NXT look like a joke on that thing. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they had it all three of them this past year, but that thing, I, yeah, I didn't like that. It was, it was terrible. There was, there's too many, there were too many moving parts. It was like, what the fuck? Like, like, what is going on? And that's just what I say about, about the product in general. I just think that there's, there's, I don't know. For like all of the, you know, all of the replays and recaps that we see, I still don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
And in that case, you know, for the brand supremacy, why not bring back something the NXT's trying to do and bring back the war games? Team, three teams of three. Go at it. You know, you pick your top three guys from each brand and put them in, in there to vie to win. Or we could just let AEW do that better than they would. So, <laughs> Well, you know, this is talking from a WWE perspective. Right, you know, right, right. We haven't started touching on AEW as of yet. I know we're getting to it. But oh, of course. They, that would give them a chance to really utilize this network that right. has been underutilized other than, oh, yeah, you can catch the paper, you know, and every once in a while we'll a table for three or we'll plug uh, a 24 with a certain wrestler on their comeback or whatever yeah. else. Five, you know, followed them for a whole year le- leading up to this moment. Well, here's the thing. Ideas wouldn't burn out so fast. And there would be, you know, because here's the thing. A lot of wrestlers get scared, you know, when they get injured during their push or something like that, you know, because they're like, oh, crap, I'm not going to be on TV. Will they remember me? Blah, blah, blah. But I'm I'm sitting there going, man, you know, like I'm seeing Becky Lynch every single Monday Night Raw. I would like to miss her for a little bit because, you know, that's still the thing with when you when you look at albums or you look at sports. I mean, what's the one thing that sports, you know, every single one of them have in common? There's there's one day in each sport that fans look forward to. I said it last week. It's the opening day. It's the opening kickoff, the opening pitch, the opening uh, face-off, you know, the, the opening tip-off. Because this begins a brand new year and people are like, yes, it's finally back. You know, we're finally going to you know, uh, win this year or, 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 or blah, 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 or all of this, you know, there's an anticipation for it. And then even as you go in, in, in those seasons, after a while, you're like, oh my God, like, I just want to get to the Super Bowl kind of thing. Like, let's get to the Super Bowl. And, you know, that's even where I kind of thought that the XFL was going to struggle was the fact of, you know, people are kind of tired of football. At this point, you know, they're like, they're like, they either saw their team do really, really well, or they saw them, you know, fall short, or they saw them, you know, do horrible, and they want to start a new season, you know, kind of thing. It's just, and that's what I feel like Raw and SmackDown need to do. They need to like disappear for a minute so that we could miss people, and then so that we could give the creative a little bit of break to be like, hey, you know. Maybe now we can pump out some better ideas because now we can discuss some more, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you you got an opportunity there, you know. And for a guy that gets injured, you know, hey, you could do a show about their road to recovery, their road back to the square circle if that's the case, you know, or what have you. Well, you know, even road guys back. that aren't injured, you could give them a break. You could give everyone a break. You could, everyone, recharge your batteries, you know, mm-hmm. refocus it, yourself. There was a complaint a while back when they started doing the super shows where they got pretty much got rid of the whole brand thing and you had a smack down and you had raw. And the one thing they said 
But Dolph Ziggler was getting more out. Didn't have a chance to really miss Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler's a work, you know, and people were getting burnt out with him because he was on Raw and SmackDown every week. So you saw him twice. You didn't get a chance to, hey, I didn't get a chance to see him here. So, you know, so, so like was, you said, you don't need to miss a competitor or whatever else because they're not on programming this week, you know? Exactly, exactly. Like, you know... It's it's just like you know Rollins and, and and Reigns and and Ambrose even at the time you know Brian um, at the time like you would see these guys on every single show and it was like I really don't care what happens to you at the end of this show can we move on to WrestleMania or something like that you know like it was just I I don't know and again I just. To me, I want to know who, who, what creative is thinking these days because just what I have seen is just like, what the, like, 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 what is going on? And I guess that's something we'll have to keep uh, our eyes on and everything like that. But a, a lot of, st- you know, WWE really, Jay, needs to go through kind of a whole uh, image cleanup phase right now. Cause again, almost every single day, it seems like, they're just not doing themselves any favors, does it not? Right. So you know, I I, I don't know. Like it just it, it it's interesting, but you know th- that's what's going on in WWE and stuff like that. And I'm sure I'll talk about it, you know, a little bit later and stuff like that. And I'll definitely talk about it on on next week's show. But AEW. Uh, has been doing uh, still pretty well through all of this. And and AEW, you know, right now is in the TNT Championship uh, Tournament, which is basically what all of uh, their Dynamites have been centered around uh, for right now. Uh, and uh, actually, before we go any further, Jay, uh, I don't know if you got a chance to see them yet, but on Dynamite... Uh, it hasn't been JR, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur like it usually is, but right now it's Tony Schiavone and Jericho, Chris Jericho. Um, and it has been absolutely tremendous. The two of them have amazing chemistry. Tony Schiavone sounds like he's back in his element, and Chris Jericho just continues to be the GOAT, man. Uh, it is just, it, it is flipping tremendous. I will say this. Everything Jericho seems to touch turns to gold. Anything that you think is stupid and ridiculous that it can't get over is Jericho. Get, and let's face it, man. Like you said, he has to be the GOAT. He, there's, he's done it all. I mean, he's the GOAT when it comes to singing. I mean, I, I, I follow the, his band religiously. You know, I <laughs> watch his. I mean, there's nothing that seems like this guy can't do and get over. I mean, yeah. it seems like the possibilities are endless. I mean, th- this is like the overall package. I mean, he, he has an ability to where he was in a class all by himself. That's where he's at. Because oh, I, it wasn't I, that I, long ago I saw him. I saw a meme with Chris Jericho coming down to the ring, uh-huh. and it was on his first year. He was the champion, the AEW champion, coming out a song that he sung with the fans singing along with it, 
That's a whole different kind of made it that nobody else has ever did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The hands down, what does that tell you? I mean, yeah, Hulk Hogan was great, but he's never done anything like that. Well, Jericho, too, you know, he's been in through like several different generations of wrestling. And he has continued to reinvent himself and stay relevant in every single one of them. I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, I mean, the guy's tremendous. And I have a feeling that when he is like ready to just hang up the boots entirely, he will either be doing commentary or he will be in a creative role. The guy just has a mind for this business, you know? There's, there's some guys you get the charisma and you get the in-ring work, but you don't get the mind of the business. And Jericho has it all kind of thing. Like, it's just, he is tremendous. Absolutely. There'll never be another one like him. I can promise you that. You oh, know, no. I mean, like oh, I no. said. Men, men like him class come class. around once in a blue moon. Once in a lifetime, you could say, you know, yes. and a lot of people may not have gave him credit back in the uh, the 90s when he was floating around with WCW and, and BS storyline. But at the same time, man, he he took a negative, turned it into a positive, and he's just been on a roller coaster. You know, he, oh, yeah. he's done it. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, he's got a kick-ass podcast talking to Jericho. Yep. You know, he, he's got. He he's got all kinds of things, you know. I mean, what what else could he possibly do that he hasn't done? Uh, suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you suck went back to something. my comments on WCW, he was kind of forced to do that a little bit. But anyway, <laughs> not by his own design. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know, but it's just, yeah, he, he is, but the two of them together though, was just something no one saw coming and they've been doing uh, a hell of a job, just the two of them, but we've got this TNT championship tournament going on, uh, and everything like that. And it seems like the finals, it's going to come down to Cody Rhodes and the murder Hawk Lance Archer. So that one I'm going to look forward to. But here's the here's why I really wanted to talk about AEW uh, here for a minute, uh, Jay, is because um, it, it was reported that Tony Khan has been writing pretty much every single show, uh, not just you know since the coronavirus, but since January. And uh, a fan uh, uh, asked him about it on Twitter. And he actually confirmed it. He was like, he was like, nope, one hundred percent. I write. I've I've been writing everything. Like it's my show. I've been writing it and kind of thing. And uh, you know, ever since he has, you know, AEW's, uh, you know, been getting a lot of praises for their shows and stuff like that. Um, what does that say about Tony Khan uh, right now, Jay? Um, nothing really negative, obviously, but just that, you know, he's learning. He's uh, he, he knows what he's doing. He has a very creative mind. Uh, would you not agree? Oh, man. You know, if I was pumping millions of dollars into a company, I'd want my hand on the steering wheel as well. And 
But that's the one thing you can say is the downfall of WCW. Ted Turner was putting money into it, but Ted Turner didn't have his hand on the wheel. He relied on everybody else to do it. Tony Khan's got the likes of Cody Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes, um, the Young Bucks, uh, Kenny Omega, guys that's been around the world and wrestled. He he has an opportunity to really learn, and you're getting legends like Diamond Dallas Page, Rock and Roll Express, you know, um, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. I mean, he, he's got the ability to really kind of gain some knowledge from these guys, these legends. That have, and the only thing he can do is, like, take it in and – Make it happen, you know. So he's got a, he's in a good position to really learn a lot and then showing it. Right. If you don't put money, why are you going to leave it in the hands of somebody else to, to the ground and you're just chunking money at it because somebody says, oh, we need that. You know, that's pretty much what happened with Ted Turner. You know, Ted Turner was seeking the money, in, but he didn't have his hand on the wheel. Right. Back to the limousine chilling while somebody else was at the wheel driving. So, right. I mean, that, that there's a difference. I mean, Vince Man is a very hands-on guy, too. Even at <laughs> his age. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, he, 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 he's not just hands-on. He's, he's all been that motherfucker. That's his. <laughs> I mean, but I am giving an analogy, you know, that that's all his brainchilds and everything like that. So, you know, it's all that if you're going to try to make something, you're not going to put it in the hands of somebody else. You know, the old adage, if you want a job done right, you got to do it yourself. Yeah, take advice along the way. But if you're going to make it work, it's your money you're putting in. It's your hard-earned money you're putting in. You need to have someone to control if not your hands on the wheel. Well, also that too, and but you're also the only one that sees your vision. You you could tell your vision to someone else, but if you just tell them it, then they're just kind of like, okay, well, I think I get what you're saying, and then you know they give it to you, and it's it's not the way that you had it, and and you know some people look at it as a bad thing. And in WWE's case these days, it might be a bad thing. But beforehand, like, that was the reason WWE stayed alive was because Vince McMahon had the final say-so. It was, if Vince said, like, because, you know, Conrad would question, you know, uh, Bruce Pritchard. He'd be like, you know, what if you challenged him, why did y'all still do it and stuff like that? He goes, because... When Vince, when Vince says, this is what we're doing, guess what? That's what you're doing. No ifs, ands, or buts. And some people act like that's a bad thing, but that's not necessarily a bad thing, is it? No. You know, he, this is his life's work, you know? Exactly. I mean, he, he can't just entrust it. That's why he hasn't relinquished it yet. The man is in his 70s and still balls deep in running the company. Right. I can say that. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I don't know, but, hey, Tony Khan has been writing uh, AEW, and it's been really good, you know? 
he has his vision for AEW, and it's playing out the way he wants it to. And that's not a bad thing. Because let's not forget, wrestlers are creative people, but they're also mm-hmm. employees. They don't run the place. Yeah. You know? Uh, I'm paying you to do a job. <laughs> exactly. So, and and like you, and you know, he gives people free range. Like I mean, like people have said that like they get free range as far as what they do in their matches. But if he says, "Hey, I need this person to go over," or "I need this type to finish," guess what? That's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that was the problem with WCW, was that they didn't have that. You know, Bischoff would say he was, but then it was like, oh, well, I could just go to Ted Turner and go above your head kind of thing. Well, here's the thing about WCW, and I know that's not, that's not what we're really here tonight for, but we'll, we'll dive into it a little bit, you know, because right. I'm feeling like one there. Um, yeah. <laughs> with WCW, yeah. Eric Bischoff was the executive producer of the company. So, yeah, he did have a certain amount of say, but he also had a boss. His boss had a boss. And his boss's boss had a boss. And yeah. somewhere up in the hierarchy was Ted Turner. Yeah, Eric Bischoff could probably go straight to Ted Turner and talk turkey, but at this instance, is not really, because you're right before showtime. So Eric Bischoff could have something wrote out for a show. His boss don't like it, change it. Then his boss comes in, don't like that, changes it. And then his boss above him, don't like that, and changes it. So you're having all these changes within, I don't know, 30 minutes of showtime, and you're going on live at 8 o'clock. Or at 7.55, because TNT always wanted to get a head start on WCW getting on before Raw did. So you'd have your hook try to keep you there on WCW. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. But... You know, they, they're set to go on at five minutes till eight. And yeah. times they didn't have a clue on what was going on. Eric Bischoff would even tell me and Gene, I don't know. Well, you better know. But he's a pond. You know, he <laughs> might be over like me and Gene, but he has bosses to answer to. His bosses have bosses. There's just no hierarchy. There's nobody there above Eric that really loved wrestling. There are executives in other parts of Ted Turner's enterprise. That, no, they didn't get it. I don't, I don't like that. They didn't get it. They didn't get it. And Ted Turner was nothing but really a big fan. He got into it because he had some mixed feelings about this man trying to come in and take over his world championship wrestling on PBS. Right. Right. I and, and Yeah, I mean, and so that's the good thing about AEW is that, you know, Tony Khan, he makes all the decisions uh, and stuff like that. So, yeah. And like I said, the shows have been good. Even with the empty arena factor, they've still been good. They've been better than what WWE has been presenting. And I can tell you that I have more fun at their live event than I have at a WWE event in a long-ass time. And that includes WrestleMania. Well, so figure that out. I didn't have the privilege to go to WrestleMania, but I was there the night before for the Hall of Fame ceremony. I watched WrestleMania live in my living room. Because let's face it, I couldn't sell the price 
tickets. <laughs> so um, yeah. anyway, well, still, I'd have been in the nosebleed. So at least at home, I had a pretty much a front row seat, and I could hear the commentary, you know. But anyway, I've been to WWE house shows. I've been to the live shows. Now, if it's a house show, I seem to have a little bit more fun with it because the wrestlers could be them. You know, they're not being recorded. They're not being tape where they have to water themselves down for TV. You know, so you get a little bit more of their personality. But I have to say, which hopefully I'm able to rectify in the near future, is to be able to go to a lot of the AEW events. I was looking into going down to Tampa this year for one of their shows that they were going to have. But because of this COVID stuff, you know, all the wrestling has been canceled as far as big gatherings to be able to actually go and be a fan. I right. had to, so I'm disappointed, but at the same time, I know it's going to come back and I can't wait. I can't wait to be able to go and sit in that crowd and be a fan. I can't wait to see what AEW has to offer when it's down here. You know, um, yeah. as well, they've been filming in Georgia. You know, they have, they have, they've been filming, uh, in that, uh, monster factory or, or maybe not monster factory, but, uh, um, something, I forget what it's called, but yeah, it's, uh, something that T Marshall has or, or something like that. But yeah, they've been filming right up there in Georgia. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, dude, uh, cause I saw them, uh, I saw the dynamite in Atlanta. I was there. And it was like, I was so glad that that happened before all of this Corona stuff happened, uh, which actually there wasn't even a thought of Corona at that time. But uh, yeah, man, that was a, that was an amazing feeling. But I even got that feeling when I saw Ring of Honor live, right? Like Ring of Honor show that didn't even, it didn't even have the Young Bucks or Cody on it. It had like, people who are not very well known but it was still a great show and i just i haven't gotten that from wwe in a long time uh but like i said aew um like i said has been kicking ass uh so far they still got double or nothing that's coming up and it looks like they're still gonna go on with it it's just not gonna be in front of a live audience more than likely um, so, you know, and even they said, they said that they're looking to stop filming after a while, that they're just like, Hey, we're just going to wait till all of this, you know, uh, goes away so that we can, you know, come back even stronger or something like that, which again, it, it might not be a bad idea at this point. It, it really might not be. I don't see where it would hurt. I don't see where it would hurt. Cause I mean, Let's face it, WWE does have kind of a leg up when it comes to that because they got a network they can fall on, you know. Right. And OW, I mean, yeah, TNT's got their best interest. They can recap some of their older shows for the fans that maybe just starting to get into it. Well, hell, here's some here's the first AEW show, Dynamite, the first Dynamite, you know, to to catch you back up. I mean, there's ways of going around it. You know, the way Dynamite on a cruise episode, which was amazing. So, I mean, you've got an avenue to be able to still give product, but at the same time, you know, have your talent pool rest, come up with something creative, and then when you are able to kick ass when you come back, you're right there. Boom. Well, now, they don't even do, I mean, they don't even do uh, house shows right now. 
which, you know, their talent's able to rest up and stuff like that. Their talent's able to have a lighter schedule. Right. Which I don't think is a bad thing. I don't see why you want to run them rampant four nights in a row doing this stuff and, you know, expect everyone, like, I, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I think that part of it needs to change. And it might, it might happen uh, after all of this. Who knows? But, uh, you know, AEW is still doing good. We'll keep our eye on the TNT championship. I'll dive into that a little bit more uh, when I can on here on the Silval Wrestling Network on uh, for another time. Uh, when we come back, though, we're going to talk about uh, some ROH. We're also going to talk about Triple H's 25th anniversary show. I'm not going to dive into the whole thing, but we're still going to talk about it. And we're going to talk about some more wrestling news when we come back here. But first, let's take a minute here to hear from TMB Studios right here. It's the Stovall Wrestling Network. I'm begging you, don't pull that trigger. Don't ever tell the Marines to pull that trigger! Hey, I'm Sniper Payne, Bill Blanchard, and as United States Marines, we always love to shoot! And we're going to do it right here on the Wrestling Shootout. We are going to shoot on all things professional wrestling. I will have every single guest to come to my show. We're going to shoot now if it's WWE, AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling. I don't care if it's the IWE, Ohio Pro, or even UCW. Is UCW still around? Well, we're going to get into that too. Whether they come back or don't come back, or even where the hell we're going to shoot on WECCW. Wait, I know they're not there. But anyways, on the brand new season of the Wrestling Shootout, anytime comes to my damn show, lock on and let's lock up and let's get ready to shoot, baby. I ain't holding back, and you never told Marine I can pull that trigger. You are currently listening to SWN, the Stoball Wrestling Network, on TMB Studios. Welcome back here to Stoball Wrestling Network. I am your host, Caleb Stovall, and I'm back here with my special guest for this evening, Mr. Jay Garganus. Jay, uh, welcome back, man. Uh, we're still talking about pro wrestling, and uh, we're going to talk about something else that happened on TV, uh, something else uh, that happened in the WWE. It was Triple H's 25th year with the company, 25-year anniversary and man, did they pull out all the stops. They had a bunch of network specials for him. Uh, they've got one that I'm going to talk about real quick uh, that's going, uh, that I'm going to cover right here on the Stovall Wrestling Network. Um, it's called The Rivalry, and it's Triple H versus Mankind. Now, they've got two things here. They've got WWE Untold, where they dive into the two... Uh, matches that really solidified this rivalry, which was the Madison Square Garden street fight at the Royal Rumble 2000. That was just incredible. And then, of course, um, No Way Out, uh, Mick Foley, or I'm sorry, Cactus Jack versus Triple H inside the Hell in a Cell for the WWE Championship. And it was a retirement match for Foley. Uh, and that was amazing. But they've got this long history with each other. Uh, it just seemed like, uh, Jay, when these two got together, um, that they just had 
uh, just an unbelievable amount of chemistry with each other. They they just they fed off each other really well, and they made each other look great. Um, you know, it, it it it's just it's weird because you see Triple H, he's this big buff, you know, bodybuilder looking type dude, and then you've got Mick Foley, who's out of shape and everything like that. But for some reason, these two just were magic together in the ring, were they not? Oh, man, that's what they say. You know, sometimes opposites attract. You know, you had a guy that was built like Triple H, and you got a seasoned vet in Mick Foley. You know, they've had some knockdown dragouts with Mankind and him. And he, hell, he even made the return as Tactics Jack against Triple H. And um, I have to say, the chemistry was off the charts, you know, uh, especially there at the end when Mick Foley retired because of Triple H. That really made and solidified Triple H as a top player. You know, not just a flash in the pan, but like yes. this guy's going to be here to stay for a while, you know, because a lot of people weren't quite believing the high H at that point in time. And I'm ashamed to say I was one of them. Um, but watching him with that series of matches with Cactus in the street fight at the Royal Rumble 2000 and no way out in Hell in a Cell, the retirement match, you know, it was like, wow, that is what to me, was the rivalry was all about. I mean, it spanned over a course of a few years with all his alter but it came down to Cactus Jack in Triple H. And God, it had been all over the world in some hellacious match, bomb matches, tag matches, all kinds of stuff, barbed wires, you name it, he's done it, you know, coming at Triple H, you know, it's proverbial pretty boy. You know, so to speak, you know, this bodybuilding, you know, it made for magic. It really did. I mean, yeah, it really did. It's attractive, you know, and kind of thing. Right. There wasn't nothing Mick Foley was willing to do to not only get himself over, but to get somebody else over. And even he proved it years later when he came back to face Randy Orton to give him the rub when nobody wasn't quite feeling him, you know, as the legend killer at the time, you right. know, give him the that could be a tough guy. Yeah, I mean, look at Randy Orton now. You wouldn't expect him any other way now as the Viper, right. the, you know, Apex Predator. You know, didn't see or him as anything out of nowhere! <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, honestly, Mick Foley done it for a lot of people and triple h was pretty much the first person that he really solidified yeah well well, he wasn't really the first person i would say the rock was that mcfoley helped solidify so was the undertaker as well because i mean already solidified it just made him even well yeah that's true that's true but the rock for sure because The Rock wasn't really solidified yet, but then they put them, you know, uh, especially during the Monday Night War. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Not to take any way for things from that, but, I mean, Mick Foley did his job. He got over at the same time of putting somebody else over, making him a solidified champion or solidified, you know, a tough guy, if you will, you know. I mean, not to go all dusty, the American dweeb on that one by going, uh, yeah. if you, you know, 
Maybe that's not for you, baby. That's the thing. But anyway, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, Triple H has has McFoley to think about that, you know. And not only that, but even the wars he had with The Rock over the Intercontinental Championship back in the day to kind of help him along the way. But McFoley was the one that really hit a home run with. It really knocked it out to be the game. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I agree. And uh, it's up on the network right now. They've got the untold story of those two matches. And then they've got uh, a bunch of extra stuff uh, that they put out, uh, such as the Mankind versus Triple H King of the Ring final matchup that was for the finals of the King of the Ring. That That, that was a classic between... Uh, those two, of course, they have the Triple H Cactus Jack Falls count anywhere in the building uh, match at Madison Square Garden on a Monday Night Raw. And uh, they, I, they've even got, and I didn't realize this uh, had happened, but Triple H versus Mankind in a Boiler Room match. I didn't realize that that happened, but apparently it did. So <laughs> um, they've got a bunch of stuff. And of course, you got some some raw matches that they had, uh, uh, of course, like that. Again, like I said, Jay, I didn't even realize that uh, you know these two had a boiler room uh, matchup. So I'm looking forward to diving into this because these guys they just had some great matchups. So I'm really looking forward to diving into this. And of course, they've got the steel cage match. They've got the hell in the cell match. They've got the street fight it they've got everything of these two it, it's really a deep dive into the rivalry and it's just a bunch of random stuff on the network but still uh i like it when when you can find it like that so that's really cool and of course triple h celebrated 25 years uh of the company and, and you know we were talking obviously a lot about vince mcmahon and stuff like that during the first uh segment there but you know i will say this and I haven't seen the whole thing. I've seen bits and pieces of it. But it was really cool to see uh, Vince McMahon kind of out of character on SmackDown. He kind of like, like he came out at first, you know, like like Mr. McMahon, you know, doing the ridiculous walk that he does. Ha, 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 you know, kind of thing. But then he, you know, kind of like showed the more human side of uh, Vince McMahon and not necessarily the character um, when talking to Triple H, you know, he was telling him, Hey, I love you. You know, like you're my family now. Um, I love everything that you've done for this company, blah, blah, blah. You know, it just, it was a genuine moment. And it's one of those moments that, that, you know, you can't script. It just comes out like that. And it's just, it's just good stuff. Uh, would you not agree? Oh, Absolutely. It's nice being able to see stuff like that, you know, where they break a little bit of character. Because everybody knows behind the scenes, yeah, that's his father. And, you know, for for you to see little gems like that, it, it you know, breaks character, make, turns it real. It's, it's nice to be able to see. It really is. Puts a nice finishing touch yeah. to it. Yeah, it really was. And you know what I just thought of? I thought of something, Jay, when when looking at this uh, rivalry thing with Triple H and Mick Foley, if I could real quick. You know what I've noticed? 
I think Triple H might be one of the only people, well, besides maybe the New Age Outlaws, but Triple H definitely was one of the only people to face all three faces of Foley. Because he he fought all he fought all of them. He fought Dude Love. He fought a mankind, and then he fought Cactus Jack twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I mean, that, that's interesting to think about. But Triple H has had an amazing career uh, in WWE, an amazing life story uh, and everything like that. Uh, so, yeah, it was cool to see Mr. McMahon kind of doing that 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 favor uh, and everything like that. Now, something uh, that broke out uh, in the news, Jay, that I really wanted to get your opinion on, right, Uh you know, we, we were talking about how good AEW uh, has been doing. Well, they got a praise uh, from someone. And, and not really uh, AEW got praised, but Kenny Omega got praised for this, I guess. Um, and, you know, Kenny Omega and Joey Ryan are good friends. But Joey Ryan decided to give uh, praise to Kenny Omega. And he said, give me Kenny Omega making his enhancement talent look credible and a threat over Vader taking liberties on a guy just trying to get a job. Thankful that the bully cult, the bully culture in wrestling has declined and that we're evolving past it. So that was what Joey Ryan said, right? And, uh, you know, that's, that's his opinion, I guess. Um, but, one person that just had to clap at that was, uh, you know, uh, freaking um, was uh, was Chris Dickens, um, you know, favorite imitation in the world. Um, and Joey or I'm sorry, Jim Cornette decided to clap back at Joey Ryan saying, Morning thoughts on Dick Boy. A grown man using the term bully culture is a pussy. He better be glad. <laughs> he better be glad wrestling's changed or his ass wouldn't be allowed in it. There is evolving and devolving. <laughs> Four, at Joey Ryan online, which, you know, that, that's through his Twitter is an insufferable whiny douche and needs his pussy powdered. (laughs) And then Joey Ryan. (laughs) 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 And And then Joey Ryan, oh, it gets better, folks. And then Joey Ryan comes back at him saying saying hi Jim obviously we obviously we're never going to see eye to eye on wrestling but this is a bizarre hill for you to die on given our knowledge on head trauma brain damage and CTE now this isn't a knock at Vader as I understand why he worked this way in that era because it was expected that was what he said uh, Joey Ryan did um, 
and then uh and then i think he said the gentleman he wrestled was in no place to cover up it it, it was basically because joey ryan uh posted a video of vader um working a guy uh and you know really pounding him you know because that's what he did he pounded the shit out of you and everything but everybody knew this even sting knew this uh kind of thing uh, even Flair knew this. <laughs> yes, and Flair at his old age had one of the greatest matches of all time with Vader. Um, you know, and Joey Ryan said the gentleman he wrestled was in no place to cover up or fight back without getting heat on himself. Having numerous peers and colleagues' careers shortened by head injuries, I'm thankful it doesn't need to be this way anymore. Then I guess someone posted from Big Van Vader's thing. I guess I I, I don't that know. Vader's son. That was Vader's son. Okay, so yeah, it was Vader's son, and he goes, "Everyone has a spot on the card, and Joey Ryan has his different flavors, and maybe this isn't his." When pops or when pops was green. With AWA, he was in the ring with with Brody and Stan a lot. Connecting the dots, or yeah, I'm sorry, connecting the dots, but Pops made his believable just like Brody and Stan did. Props resume 13 world, or Pops, or Pops resume, I'm sorry, uh, folks, but Pops resume uh, 13 world times. Try saying that. Uh, five times fast for me, people. Pop's resume, 13 world times. And then he said, on an additional note, Pop's Kenny Omega in New Japan at the Tokyo Dome, both in their primes, would have been, and he put $3 signs. And Kenny Omega said, would have been an incredible honor, personal dream match, especially in that setting. And Kenny Omega, so, you know, so basically, what was your take away from all of that, uh, Jay? Because like, I think, I think I get what Joey Ryan is trying to say, um, and maybe he's right, maybe he isn't. But the way Jim Cornette, as entertaining as it was, you know, did he go overboard? Or do you agree with Jim Cornette? What What's your take on it, as coming from the old school type of way yourself? Okay, well, here, here, here we are in a dilemma. We have Jim Cornette is back in the old school all day, and you got Joey Ryan, which, you know, his dick does roughly moves in this generation, you know. So we oh, got yeah. two different eras of wrestling. You know, really back then, you know, you had to make it look believable. You had to make things happen, and you were paid to do a job. And a lot of those times, you were paying jobbers to pretty much get their ass kicked, have little to no offense, and you told Vader to go out there and beat this guy up, you know? I mean, okay, I get it. You know, the head trauma injuries and the trauma vein injuries and everything that we know now, you know, but that's now. That wasn't even spoke of. That wasn't even thought about. This is a tough guy sport. You know, this is wrestling, not ballet. You know, if you if you didn't want to get hurt, you know, pick up something that you didn't get hurt on. Pick up artistry or something, you know. You don't you don't lace up a pair of wrestling boots and think, okay, I'm not gonna get hurt doing this. 
you know, never once crosses anybody's mind that steps in the ring of the square circle. And if you do, you're a fool, you know. Um, but, I mean, Joey Ryan has his right to his opinion. Same thing with Jim Cornette. But, you know, okay, he, he did something classy by trying to take some heat off of Vader. I'm not blaming Vader on this instance. But I think he knew he was he was in a losing battle there, so he back, had to backpedal a little bit. Because, let's face it, compared to Jim Cornette, Joey Ryan's been in the wrestling business for the length of the seas, you know, compared to Jim Cornette. So, right. I mean, I've <laughs> been around people like Vader and, and stuff like that, and Vader was getting his, his, his uh, clock cleaned by Stan Hansen and Bruiser Brody you know, all the time when he was green, you know, I mean, that was just what was expected back then. You paid your dues. You made the, those guys look awesome, if, even at the expense of your own self. I mean, Mick Foley was more famous. I know we've talked about him earlier, but Mick Foley was more famous on the ass kickings that he would get versus the ass kickings he would give. Right. So, in a sense, I mean, yeah, those pu- the punches and stuff look brutal, but I guarantee you, Vader wasn't putting everything behind it. Because if he was, that guy wouldn't be standing after the third hit. I promise you. I That's can promise true. you that. That's true. That's very true. I, I, I did think about that because I was just like, man, if Vader wanted to, he'd knock you the fuck out. Like, <laughs> no so maybe there was a spot where that guy was supposed to go down and he wasn't. So he was starting to kind of hit him and let him know for real, you know, by hitting him a little bit harder to get him to go down and he wasn't. So, well, I even like, though, how his son kind of came out and defended Joey Ryan, though, as well. He was just like, he was like, I get what you're saying and stuff like that, you know, but I'm going to tell you this and that. And like he he gave props to Kenny Omega and Kenny Omega. You know, he gave props to Vader even in the time that maybe he was even trying to let Joey know, hey, man, you know, you're reading too much into that, you know, kind of thing. Like, like I would have like he's like Kenny Omega is basically to me saying um, if me and Vader had that uh, had a match, I would let him do that to me. Even though it would suck. (laughs) Oh, it would suck, but you know what? It would be an honor, you know? Absolutely. I mean, knowing what we know is like, dude, you know, but that was the job. That was what I was supposed to do. I got paid to do it. And if sometime years later, I decided hey, uh, I was able Jay? to stay with the company and start Jay. working away. Jay. Um. You you broke up a lot there. Still sitting in the same spot. Yeah, and now you're breaking you breaking up a lot. Now? Good God, isn't that like my side moving or something? I don't know. I'm gonna get. I've been in the same spot. Yeah. Okay. I know, that's what's weird. I was like, he hadn't even moved. No, I haven't. Can you hear me okay? 
Mm, not right there, no. I Okay. Let me let me move my phone. I got seventy eight percent life. Okay. Okay. Let's try this. Let's try it there. See what happens. It sounds like okay? I'm getting you. Yeah, it sounds like I'm getting you a lot better. Okay, I got you closer to the the garage door now, so maybe more of the signal will come in. But the phone hasn't moved. I hadn't moved. Right. Well, but, I figured that. Um, okay. You remember what you were saying? Okay, we were talking about Vader. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Getting punished by Vader, you know. Like, yeah, like, because I said, I, I talked about Kenny Omega saying that he would allow Vader to do that to him. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I'm going where I'm at. So, three, two, one. Oh, Oh, hell yeah, man. That would be an extreme honor because that's just what was expected back then, you know? And maybe, who knows, if I was able to eke it out with the company a little while, you know, and they start deciding to get behind me and push me up, that the favor would be returned later on or we'd have an epic encounter, you know, as two big guys, you know, and there'd be a story that we could tell off of that, you know? And right. I mean, it's just, we'd have the ability to do it, you know, and uh, yeah, I'd get my ass kicked because that's what I'm getting paid to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. It, it was just, it was a mess. I think it's something that got blown out of proportion, um, just like anything does with the internet. But, hey, you know, it is what it is. And it gave us something to talk about, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, but... We're, uh, we're going to be right back after this. We're going to talk about something that happened in the past and something that definitely was hard-hitting and snug. I'm talking about we're going to go over some ECW. That's right, ECW Hardcore Heaven 1999. We're going to talk about it when we come back right here on the Stovall Wrestling Network here on TMB Studios. What's up, everybody? It is Blake Collins here with Chatter City. We are dropping the 411 on everything sports. It's baseball, football, basketball, anything and everything about sports, even the unique sports as well. Not only that, but we are also going to have spinoff shows related to the unique people within the CSRA area, talking about music, talking about movies, different things like that, so you do not ever want to miss out on an episode of Chatter City because I guarantee you, you will not only learn something, but you will also have a heyday and a half as well. This is Blake Collins signing off with Chapter City. Have a blessed rest of your day. Be sure to check out all the other great podcasts as well as past episodes of this podcast right here exclusively on TV Studios. Well, all right, we are back here on the Stovall Wrestling Network. We've talked about the present, and we've talked about what could be with the future uh, and stuff like that. But, Jay, it's time now to talk about what happened in the past, a past event, a blast from the past, if you will. Uh, <laughs> right? If you will. Uh, do what? If you will. <laughs> if you will. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> Um, anyways, 
But, uh, yes, uh, we're going to talk about some ECW. And if Chris throws in that wrestling thing right there, it'll just make my day. It'll be the most hilarious thing ever. But anyways, uh, (laughs) but ECW, (laughs) Hardcore Heaven 1999 uh, is what we're going to talk about. Uh, and, uh, this is going to be a fun one. And, and I do these, uh, by the way, uh, for everyone to be like, Hey, what wrestling shows should I check out? What matches should I check out? You know, types of thing. What, what should I watch on the network or YouTube when it comes to wrestling? Uh, and that's why I like doing these types of segments. Cause we're going to talk about why. Uh, everyone should check out this show, Hardcore Heaven 1999. Because, Jay, just right off the bat, before we go over anything, we might as well just go ahead and say it. This event was so kick-ass, it's not even funny as to how kick-ass it was. I mean, this was just a badass pay-per-view event, was it not? Man, we hit the show running, man. We really hit it. I mean, it started off quick. I know. Like, it just, it, 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 it's, it's a very unique type of pay-per-view. You know, I wouldn't suggest doing this, you know, all the time or something like that. Some people might even say that, that you know, this wasn't, that this was more of a TV show than it was a pay-per-view uh, type of thing. But we're going to get into it. But uh, just... Right off the bat, I just I thought it was so kick ass, and and the way that we opened up this kick ass show was uh, we opened it up with the Mid Hudson Civic Center. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mid Hudson Civic Center for Hardcore Heaven '99. You know, Joey Styles doing this thing uh, yeah. and stuff like that. You know, the classic ECW opening uh, and whatnot. And our main event, of which he is about to preview, is supposed to be Chris Candido versus the ECW heavyweight champion at this time, the one and only Taz. And um, Chris Candido comes out, interrupts Joey Styles to begin our show, and says that he has hired some insurance policy and I love how he does uh, Joel Gertner impersonation. Like, I mean, he sounded just like him when he did it. He goes, he goes, Papa Ray and Devon, the Dudley Boys. <laughs> He's like, he, he did it perfect. And um, so the Dudley Boys come out and Chris Candida, well, no, not even Chris Candida, but Taz comes out. And he goes after the Dudley Boys, clotheslines them on the on the ring apron or on the ring ramp, I should say. And then um, and then he goes into the ring and he tells Chris Candido, hey, no, let's get the match going right now. And so we start off our pay-per-view with our main event for the ECW heavyweight championship of the world. And it lasts about two minutes. And Taz hits the Katahachime, and this matchup is over. But then afterwards, the Dudley boys jump on Taz and give him the 3D and send him to the back, basically. Um, 
so far, Jay, what a wild ass way to open up this show. Especially you have the main event go on first. And I was like, wow, okay, we're getting into this right now. You know, with at this point, I'm ashamed to say, of course, it was due to no fault of my own back then. I haven't been I was never able to watch the real ECW pay-per-views the night it broadcasted. I always had to wait until months later before I could actually view it. So it was right. nice to be able to sit down and watch this. And I'm going, wow. You know, Joey Styles barely had a chance to say anything before Chris Candino and Tammy Lee and Sense was on right there. Yeah. And, and In here fact, comes he had gotten up to the Eagle's Nest uh, for the Mid-Hudson Civic Center, basically. But he had gotten up to where he was broadcasting, and, you know, he just started broadcasting when the match happened uh, and stuff like that. And then after, and, and the match wasn't that long, but then after that, the Dudley boys issue a tag or an open tag team challenge because they're still the tag team champions at this point and balls mahoney comes out and he's gonna wrestle them for a little bit just by himself and then spike dudley comes out little spike dudley little spike dudley the giant killer at this time comes out one thing i would have to put a knock on WWE is that they cut out all the LSD chants by keeping some lame music going while yeah. they're chanting the chants. You know, which, okay, they gotta do whatever they gotta do for the pay-per-view, but in my mind, all I was hearing was LSD. I wasn't hearing that crummy music. You know? Yeah, like, Spike Dudley had ACDC, you know, for his thing. Like, he had Highway to Hell as his theme song. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, oh and, man! You know, he, and you notice that with a lot of guys on this show, uh, I think even Chris Candido's music, right? You know? I, they couldn't even Rob Van Dam's music was. Oh Rob well, Dam's. yeah, that one was the biggest one. <laughs> but I guess copyrights or whatever else, I'm not a hundred percent sure. But they could have yeah. picked something out. But anyway, let's not get into the brass tacks. Um, yeah. Uh, that so that's two matches that pretty much happened. Then bam, bam, yeah, right there on top of each other. And of course, as a fan, you're going, "Oh man, Hardcore Heaven is starting off to a great start." You had the ECW Championship defended. Now you got the ECW Tag Team Titles defended. What the hell else is going to go on tonight? Right, you know? and then the and then the classic opening starts. Like, right. like, like the opening to the pay per view hadn't even happened, and all of this, uh, all of this shit happens and stuff like that. It was just, but, it was see, wild. Let's bring this down to a realism thing. If we're talking about a fighting event, okay, you made it seem like these fights they could not wait any longer for the actual start of the pay per view. To get right. their get, go ahead and get their hands on their opponents or whatever else. So it was something you ain't never seen before, you know. And because usually you have your traditional start to the pay per view, the traditional video opens up, and then you open up with with people saying where they're from and trying to get the crowd hype. But what got the crowd hype here was two solid matches, 
and one of them was ECW Championship. The other one was for the ECW Tag Team Championship right off the bat before the official start of the pay-per-view, before right. they could actually do the Hardcore Heaven stuff. Right. Mm. It Looking was... at this now, I'm going, wow, okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was, it was definitely a unique way to open up uh, a pay-per-view and stuff like that. And uh, and then we go on uh, to the first actual official match of the pay-per-view. Um, Super Crazy versus Takamichin Oku. And wow, just these two put on a bar burner, did they not? And I mean, uh, Takamichin Oku, I think at that point, just came from the WWF. And mm-hmm. it was weird for me to see the jury in, in trunks. No, 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 that, 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 was, uh, that, that was super crazy. Oh, my bad. I'm going ahead of myself. Jeez. Yeah. Bad. <laughs> but, oh, man, super crazy, and, and Takamichi Noku was great. I mean, of course, cheesy music again that they had to replace. Well, but, of course. But you got to see these guys tear it up, and... Stuff that Super Crazy was watered down and doing in WWE, which you can watch later on the network when he was part of um, the Mexicals. Yeah, the Mexicals. But I mean, he was there was doing stuff that you ain't really seen him do as part of the Mexicals. You know, like the triple nope. moonsault from all three freaking ropes. And Takamichi Noku was already sort of a name in the business. I mean, it, their their the chemistry's gelled, yeah, and and pretty much yeah. Takamichi Noku favored his knee the entire match. Yeah, you know? so I mean, it worked out. I mean, it was a great match. It, I mean, it was a great. This the pace was already set at the beginning before the official official opening started. You know, yeah. it was a great way to actually truly start the pay-per-view with a good solid match that kept you on the edge of your seat. You got to see high flying. You got to see some real high flying moves that you didn't see out of the first two opening bouts. So you right. got the flavor of everything. Right. Three matches. Right. It, 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 it was, it was a really good match between the two of them uh and everything like that and uh then we go to a backstage segment which is backstage segment spawns uh from what happened in in that opening tag team melee uh with balls mahoney spike dudley and the dudley boys um joel gertner tried to you know fight balls mahoney that didn't work out well and balls mahoney breathed fire in his face basically or did the fireball thing in his face and they acted like you know he was he was hurt but he elected not to go to the hospital instead he dec- instead he decides to make a hit list and pays the dudleys a lot of money throughout the night to take care of these names on this list and it starts uh, in the uh, in the back here. Um, it starts with uh, uh, them looking at the list, and they go after the first guy. I forget who the first guy was, uh, and everything like that. But uh, yeah, um, again, an interesting segment here. 
And then we go into our next matchup here at Hardcore Heaven 99. It's Little Guido versus this is where Tajiri comes in. And this is when he's uh, Yoshihiro Tajiri, where he's like using his like full uh, name, I guess. And yeah, this is where he's in trunks. Like, and he started off in trunks. Uh, he would then later go into the pants and he would do this uh, in ECW. But he first started off in trunks. But the, th- the same thing still remained was he was definitely the Japanese buzzsaw because he slapped and kicked the shit out of little Guido. <laughs> Did he not? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. This is, all around, this was a damn good match. The jury did kick that ever loving shit out of Guido. Yeah. Man, but, you know, the hard time I had getting around because I done got so used to seeing the jury in those those, uh, uh, those pants and seeing him in tights, it's like, it was throwing me off so fierce. It's like, that looks like the jury. You know, of course, (laughs) he's younger there, so it's like, well, that looks like the jury. It was. It looks like, you know, that's moving like the jury. Oh, hell, that is the jury. You know? yeah. <laughs> but, oh, man, he, he got that buzzsaw name honest. I mean, they weren't calling him the buzzsaw then at that point, but no, he, he earned it. Yeah, you know? he definitely did. And, and you definitely saw in this matchup, but uh, two really good matches. What do you think, though, of this little storyline with the Dudley Boys being hitmen, so to speak? I think it made the backstage interesting because you didn't know who they were going to go after next. Yeah, that's true. Because they they come Never back right. Show the list of who the hit who they're going after. They just to us they're just randomly picking guys off and beating the shit out of them. Right. And, yeah, and 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 they come back right. So after the matchup with uh, Tajiri and Little Guido, um, they the, the Dudley Boys go backstage uh, uh, again, and um, I can't remember exactly who they're going after on this one. And they're like, they're like, what? He, I like him. Like, like they were just like. They're just like, man, I, I like him. What's he got against him? I don't know. Well, how much money is he paying us? And then he's like, he's like, oh, dude, there's like five grand here. He's like, he's like, you know, I never liked that motherfucker anyway. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> they go in, they beat his ass up and shit like that. So they're still continuing this hit list. And then, um, and then we go into, you know, this next matchup is going to have a lot of violence to it, which is Lance Storm, if I could be serious for a moment, versus <laughs> versus Tommy Dreamer. And good God, man. Like, I, I, I don't know how Tommy is walking these days. He's still doing it. I know. God. I don't know how. The beating... That was given. And and, and we have all of the, the credit. We have, all of the, we have or go, go ahead. 
Lance Storm didn't get the credit he deserved in WCW or WWE for that matter. This guy, I mean, both these guys really tore it up, really tore the house down, along with uh, Tammy Lynn, bitch, and, and Mula, and, or Francine, I should say. But well, that- actually, I was going to say she wasn't Tammy Lynn, bitch, at this point. She was actually called herself Beulah, <laughs> but we know her as Dawn Marie, and right. the um, the shenanigans in this matchup, and the ass that I saw in this matchup. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I saw thongs. I saw just everything in this matchup, and I was like, "What the fuck." <laughs> There's nothing left to the imagination, let's put it that way. No, there was not. There was a Bronco Buster that was given to Cyrus the virus. And I was sitting there, I'm sitting there going, man, they're acting like he just got killed. I'd have, I'd have like, God, I'd have no-sold it and got up with a smile on my face like, hey, can I get that again? <laughs> <laughs> or stay down there, hit me again, hit me again. <laughs> you in Bronco Buster Francis. <laughs> <laughs> it okay. was just now the next one hit me hit me yeah <laughs> <laughs> it uh. was just oh my god it was uh it was insane um so it, it 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 was it was it was yet another very entertaining match and um very entertaining stuff from ECW hardcore heaven 1999 and we're still not done we go backstage once again to the Dudley Boys, and they're still doing Gertner's uh, hit list, and it's and it's Jack Victory this time. He's like, Jack Victory's our boy. He helped us in Tennessee. He was our. He helped us get into the business. Blah blah blah. Well, okay. H- how much money is he giving us? Oh man, he's giving us like ten grand right here, right here. I'm so sorry, Jack, but you're a dead man. <laughs> type of thing. Dude, right off the bat, you can already tell that Devon and Bubba Ray are tailor-made for this business. They have the they have the facial expressions, they had the characters down. I mean, dude, th- th- did they just not have it all? Oh god, man, the Dudleys, man. They they got it all. I mean, they've they're like the modern day Steiners type thing, you know. They had the whole yeah. pack. They had the facial expressions down. They had the comedic side down. They they just had everything. Yeah, yeah. they they knew shows it with them doing this hit list and them having that that. Oh damn it, man! I really like that guy. Okay, well, how much is he paying? Man, I love you. Wow, you're gonna die. (laughs) (laughs) I know it was great, and you know it's funny because after like all of these beatdowns, right? They would look at the camera, and they would, you know, they would be like, "We're the Dudley Boys, and nobody can stand up to us. Nobody can stop us. We're Hitman for Hire." Blah blah blah, and Taz. Uh, is shown backstage and he gives an interview and he says, that's where you're wrong, Bubba. Um, t- 
tonight there is someone that is going to stop you. And he says he's not going to wait till next pay-per-view. He's not going to wait till TV. He's going to do it here tonight before Hardcore Heaven 1999 goes off the air. He's going to def- he's going uh, to teach the Dudley Boys a lesson, basically. And, um, you know, he does his uh, famous catchphrase. Um, um, um. Jay, how does that go again? Win if you can, survive if I let you. <laughs> well, I think it's beat me if you can, survive it, if I let it, you, yeah. It don't matter. I still I like know. survive if I let you. I know, right? He even, like, like the he even, uh, you know, says that to the interviewer. He's like, hey, man, you didn't let me say my damn catchphrase. <laughs> um. <laughs> So just just a lot of entertaining stuff here uh, on this show. But then you want to talk about entertaining. This, I think if you talk to anyone who is an ECW fan, um, this next matchup that we're about to talk about, I believe if you talk to any ECW fan, they would tell you that this is probably the greatest matchup in ECW history. Uh, It is Jerry Lynn... Versus the ECW television champion at the time, Rob Van Dam. And you want to talk about everything that ECW is? It was represented, obviously, in the Tommy Dreamer matchup. But you want to talk about just what what ECW was from like a wrestling slash hardcore style? It's this matchup right here. This is the matchup that everyone should show people what ECW was. Because this matchup had it all, did it not? Oh, God. This is probably one of my favorite matches in ECW history, if not all of wrestling. There you I go. Don't, match gets the credit it truly deserves. Jerry Lynn versus Mr. Pay-Per-View, the whole effing show, Rob Van Dam for the ECW television title. This match had everything that you could possibly think of. It happened in this match. Yeah. I mean, there's no no escaping it. There's none. I mean, yeah. you, you had your wrestling, you had your hardcore spots, you had your flips, you had everything. I mean, there's nothing you can say did not happen. In this match. Yeah. Uh, it was just incredible. And I don't think Jerry Lynn gets enough credit for his uh, uh, in-ring psychology and his work in the ring and everything like that. I don't think he gets enough credit. And then, of course, Rob Van Dam, you know, I mean, he's still doing this shit in impact to this day. I, I mean, but this matchup right here. It was just, it was so brutal. Yes, there were high spots, but they were done at the right time for some reason, you know? Like, if if, if I had a Meltzer rating, this would get a five-star from me. I don't know why. I'm, yes, there was, yes, there were breaking of the rules. But in ECW, did that matter that much? Ooh. Obviously, it didn't. Because every single matchup is, well... 
and that's what I'll say about this show was it wasn't just one big, hey, you know, let's go out and hit each other with a bunch of chairs and tables and stuff like that. You had a mix of everything. And what I liked that the little Guido to Jerry and uh, Super Crazy and to Jerry had was is they didn't use any weapons. They went out to the floor, all of them did, but they didn't use any weapons. Then, of course, Tommy Dreamer and... Uh, you know, Lance Storm used them. But then when you got to this matchup, you know, they brought something totally different. And, and, and it just, it worked on so many levels. And, dude, you know, we talked about the chemistry between uh, Triple H and uh, uh, Mick Foley. How about the chemistry between RVD and Jerry Lynn? I mean, this is not going to be the the last time they meet each other. They oh, no. they do it again in ECW a little bit later on down the line, but they even went to Impact or TNA, whatever you want to call them out of today. But they re- reignite the rivalry and still had a kick-ass, damn good match. You know, that, I mean, like, you can't separate these two. You can't talk about Rob Van Dam without talking about Jerry Lynn. Right. You know, everybody and, and, and forget about Jerry Lynn, and that's not doing justice. You know, you can't you can't involve a conversation with Rob Van Dam without Jay, uh, Jerry Lynn. I've right. said it, and that's where I'm going to keep it at. And you know, there was a point in the matchup where I thought legit Jerry Lynn had a concussion from this because he 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 gets kicked off of the ropes. And he goes almost head first. And yes, there's some padding there, but that ain't much. And he hits his head. And he's like knocked out. And I'm sitting there and I'm just like, holy shit, he might be knocked out for real. <laughs> like, and then just some of the stuff that Van Dam did in this matchup. Like the airborne clothesline over the railing. Um, the... Uh, uh, oh God! What, what else did he do? The um, the Van Terminator. It wasn't, I guess, not really a Van Terminator, but like he threw the chair. Jerry Lynn caught it and he kicked him um, while bouncing off off the guardrail and like kicked him square in the face with the chair. <laughs> I think that's the Van Daminator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Van Daminator. Uh, and everything like that. And then, like, you know, you, you saw blood even with these two, which it wasn't planned blood. Like, it was, it, like, they got busted open the hard way. You could see where uh, Van Dam like, got something hit on his eye. Um, just, damn, dude, this was just a, this was a killer matchup. This is a matchup where it doesn't matter if this was on ECW or it was on something else. This is a matchup you would want to have on your card. Because it, it, like they just tore the house down. Did they not? Oh, absolutely. You know, this, uh, everything on the night, this match is what stole the show. And, yeah, Rob Van Dam gets a lot of praise for it for being the whole effing show. But like I say again, you can't put Rob Van Dam in a conversation without talking about Jerry Lynn. Right. I, I completely agree with you, man. Uh, just, again, 
if, if you don't have time, folks, to check out this whole event, which I urge you to check out the event in its entirety, but if, if you can only pick one matchup, uh, then watch this. And if you want to know what ECW is, I mean, seriously, just watch this matchup because this might be the greatest matchup in ECW history. Obviously, that's debatable, but I, I think it definitely rakes right up there. But then after this matchup, and it's so funny because you see, you see uh, Jerry Lynn walking to the back, and you just hear Joey Styles on commentary. The Dudley boys are where? <laughs> I love Joey Styles, man. Can, can, can we give him praise? I mean, he makes the commentary by himself. Does it? like he's the only guy I know that can do a whole show by mm. himself. And it'd be the most entertaining thing you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, he's probably the most underrated announcer, like, ever. You know, I, I mean, if you were to put I mean, they tried on Raw and everything like that. The problem was they put him with people. Put him by himself. See what he can do. I guarantee you, you probably would have had a lot better product instead of tying him up to where he's well, Pretty I much. still thought he did good with King and, and everything like that. I didn't think that he did bad. It's just, you know, don't fuck, you know, just because he has a different style, don't force him to wear a dress, you know, type of thing. Like, 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 don't threaten him with that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I didn't like that kind of stuff, but he, he's, he's golden here. Uh, in ECW, and and we go backstage where the Dudley boys, uh, you know, they've heard about the challenge from Taz, and they are just they're angry, and they're like, of course we're going to, you know, accept his challenge, but not before they beat up his cousin Chris Chetty, and uh, they beat him. Uh, Devon Dudley beats him up, and he breaks his hand on him. So, uh, it, it, or so basically, you know, they beat him up more. And of course, this is just, you know, this is just a great idea. Let's just piss off Taz even more at this point, you know, kind of thing. So, uh, and then, you know, Joey Styles is just like, well, we were supposed to have this with just incredible, but he snitched on Sabu or something like that. And Sabu has been banned by the state athletic commission. So Just Incredible comes out and talks shit. And then Judge Jeff Jones comes out and says, you're not going to be sentenced by the meanest. You're not going to be sentenced by the best. But you're going to be, you know, sentenced by the man. And Sid walks out and the pop was massive. Was it not? God. I mean, I they lost their Fucking minds when he walked through that curtain. Oh God, I was popping. You know, I I forgot Sid has made his debut there. You know, I this little portion of history I forgot Sid was even there. But to see him come out is like, oh man, business is about to pick up. You know, the yeah. Jr. You know, yeah, and it. And he comes out and he kicks ass 
and the and the people are losing their mind. You know, here's the thing I've always wanted to say this about Sid, man. Here's the thing. Everyone can have their, you know, funny stories about Sid. And I know he's, you know, quoted as having one of the funniest mess up promos of all time. You know, <laughs> I have half the brain that you do and stuff like that. And, and I get that, man. But you wonder why he was on top for so long whenever he would come into a place. It's because look at the reaction that he got. And these aren't your typical cookie cutter fans, as we know. These are, you know, ECW is a bunch of smart marks, pretty much. And they went nuts when he walked out. I mean, like, like it was like Rock or Austin had shown up. Mm. But see, here's the thing. You know, in a wrestling match, Sid had you in the palm of his hands right where he wanted you in any match that he ever did because he knew how to get the fans involved. You know, it was a certain look that he gave, whether if he was playing the good guy or the bad guy. Mm -hmm. That was like, oh, my God, don't don't look, don't turn around, don't look, he's right behind you, you know. He, well, he, knew, he knew what to touch when he needed to touch it. So, I mean, just because he had some strings of bad luck on some interviews, you know, like, oh, hey, you know, let me do this again. Oh, we can't do that. We're live. Oh, well, then, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. or, hey, you know, like you just pointed out, I, you are half the man that I am, and I have half the brain that you do. Well, then there's no arguments there, you know. <laughs> yes. I mean, I mean, well, but here's the thing. When he walked out, right, and I've always said this about Sid. I mean, the man just oozed charisma. He's a big son of a bitch, you know, and he just oozed charisma. That immediately right there is going to get a reaction. I don't give a fuck who you are. You might criticize me for this, but he is one of my favorite big men in the business. Um, I don't criticize it. For one, you know, he represents the state of Arkansas, which, you know, I've got family there. I've, you know, pretty much my whole heritage is there in Arkansas. So he's from West Memphis, Arkansas. So he's probably like the best thing that West Memphis or Arkansas in general had to offer the wrestling business. And to get a guy like Psycho Sid, you know, really speaks volumes, you know. So I, I right. really love Psycho Sid's career. You know, I, I love seeing his work, you know despite some of the malfunctions on his promos, but his in-ring yeah. work was was awesome. You know, so, I mean, he knew how to connect with fans. He knew, he, he knew what to do, when to do it, how to do it. Right. And the ECW faithful erupted. So, I mean, what does that tell you? Exactly. You know, technically, he's looked at as a WWE or WCW guy at this point. And they just, I mean, when he walked out, out, they just went ballistic. And they were ballistic the whole entire time he was out there. And, of course, Just Incredible, you know, uh, brings out Lance Storm. And they start to get the upper hand on him. Uh, and they lay him out on a table, right? Because they're going to drive him through a table. And then, you know, the Sabu chants come out. Bill Alfonso comes out. And points 
to the back and Sabu walks out and then they lost their minds again. Like just insanity. And he comes over and he jumps over Sid and then it, it takes out, you know, Lance Storm Incredible and then goes to set up Credible and hits Sid on the table because he doesn't give a fuck about Sid. Sabu doesn't care about anyone. He doesn't like anybody. So he, no. just, he comes in and he's going to drive both of them through the table. He goes in, he sets up, you know, his, his springboard. Uh, or like his chair springboard, you know, leg drop onto the table. And uh, Lance Storm moves Credible out of the way, but then Sabu hits Sid. And at this point, you know, Sabu's banned from the State Athletic Commission. So the security starts to come out. Of course, you know, the fans got to get at least one more. So Sabu takes out one of the security guards like that, sets him up on a table, does the springboard chair leg drop. It was the Arabian press, I guess is what it's called or something like that. But just insanity, just <laughs> it's pure insanity. Is it not? Of course. I mean, this is what you expect out of ECW, pure insanity. And this was controlled. Yeah. You know, I mean, you had the fans losing their mind this entire duration with the the introduction of Sid, the coming out of Sabu because he was banned. You know, I mean, you had all the elements there. It went, of course, like you said, we all know Sabu. He don't give a fuck. He's the equal opportunity ass kicker. So, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> the it's thing just, with it, Sid is find out later on here in the next few minutes. <laughs> and then Sabu gets, you know, dragged out just incredible and, and Lance Storm, you know, run for higher ground. And then Sid wakes up and he's pissed. And so the guy that brought him out, his manager, <laughs> Judge <laughs> Jeff Jones, is the first one he sees. So he's like, Someone's getting power bombs, Jeff. These people came to see me power bomb someone. Guess what? Yeah. <laughs> so he and what was so funny was Joey Styles on commentary. He's like, he's like, well, Sid doesn't have a good track record with his managers. <laughs> <laughs> so, Obviously, it was, it was just great. So he takes out Jeff Jones with one power bomb, and he starts to leave. And the crowd is like, one more, one more, one more. He's like. He's like, you want one more? You want one more? This, ladies and gentlemen, is how you work a crowd. This is just, like, like this is art right now at this point. He's like, all right, you want one more? Let's go. One more. And gives Jeff Jones another power bomb, and they lost their minds. Again, you can say what you want to about Sid, man, but he had that crowd. An ECW crowd, mind you. In the palm of his fucking hands, man. Like, literally, just, they lost their minds. They had a blast during this segment. And you could tell it from start to finish. Mm -hmm. From the entirety of the, I don't think the fans sat down for this match at all. I don't think they sat down for a lot of the show. <laughs> uh, that's just how it was. 
And then, you know, uh, and then we go back to Joey Styles, who says, well, that was supposed, we were supposed to end this show with Justin, or with uh, Chris Candido and Taz. That's not going to happen. So now it looks like it's going to be Taz versus the Dudley boys. And uh, Bubba Ray Dudley says that Devon Dudley broke his hand beating up Chris Chetty, <laughs> Taz's cousin. So it's going to be Bubba Ray Dudley versus Taz for the World Heavyweight Championship. And this matchup was just awesome. <laughs> this was just, I'm just like, this is the perfect way to end this pay-per-view was it not oh god the name hardcore heaven says it all you know freaking taz turns around right before the match starts and makes this the ftw match falls count anywhere in the building right that really set the stone after especially calling him a little son of a bitch which you know bubba ray wasn't little but it was funny to hear him say it And you know what was so what was so interesting too was the fact that you know they battled outside, but the the stands and in the seats were so close together because it's not that it's not that big of an arena, so like they were all bunched up, so they had to actually walk on top of the chairs (laughs) to get through the place. That's what they were doing. They were on top of the chairs. I was like, oh, my God. And they, like, dude, they brawled everywhere in the arena. It was insane. And then they got back in the ring. Uh, Bubba Ray really showed what he could do in a singles role uh, in this one, in my opinion, Jay. I don't know about you. You know, I mean, we would see that years later, of course, with the Aces and Eight storyline and stuff like that. Yeah. Bully Ray, exactly. Um, exactly. But you know, he didn't get his just due. Taz didn't get his just, just due. You oh, know, I mean, WWE later on. But I mean, yeah, he came in with with the force, you know. But they really did nothing with Taz. You know, I mean, but either way, I mean, this is Taz at his peak. This is Bubba Ray Dudley. Yeah, he's a tag team specialist at this point in time, but this right here shows that, hey, just because you're a tag team specialist, it's not uncommon for that tag team specialist guy to have a one-on-one match every once in a while, and this was like the perfect storm. Right. And it it was great. Absolutely. And then what what was even better was... You know, the Dudley boy, like Devon Dudley still came out to try to, you know, um, uh, help Bubba Ray and stuff like that. And Taz, you know, like this match had blood in it. Um, the I, I would say the more uh, blade kind of way. Because here was the thing. Taz never used weapons in ECW. He was a weapon. That's what made him stand out from everybody in ECW was he never used weapons. Now he would slam somebody on a table as we'd see, but he would never use it. He, well, he, he, he never used a chair. 
he was the human suplex machine. That's right. what he did. You know, he's the one that got me interested in trying to do the gargoyle suplex. He's the one that got me interested in doing the different variations of the suplex. You know, I tried to evolve some of that in my career, you know, but, you know, this guy just don't get the credit. You know, he, 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 he's like an afterthought. This man really should be in a Hall of Fame somewhere. But right. um, with Bubba Ray, same thing. You know, I mean, nobody gives him credit for his singles run. And, I mean, hell, I don't know if you know this or not, but apparently there were talks about him trying to do the Bully Ray gimmick there in WWE. But Yeah, there was. But the BSR part. Because the BSR part, they didn't want a bully. But anyway, right here it shows what what Taz can do and what Bully can do, or, or excuse me, Bubba Ray can do in a one-on-one yeah. environment and be and be the main event and what? be the one that that you know everybody goes home talking about. You know. Yeah, and and here's my thing, right? I love there was a couple of points in the match that I love so much. I love where they were like duking it out, right? And they had a table set up and the referee standing there and they both look at the referee and then they kick, they both kick him in the gut and send him through the table. (laughs) (laughs) And then there was another referee that comes in there. He doesn't even check on the referee. He just goes and he's like, he's like, "Oh, Oh, well, okay. I'll count one, two. I think they went through like two different refs or something like that through this matchup. It was just, I dude, I, it, it 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 just was great. Um, I, it, it was a great way to end this show. Um, so that and 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 that's it in its entirety. Uh, Taz, of course, retains and is still the ECW champion. Um, like I said, Jay. This was just an all-around kick-ass show, was it not? Oh, man. I got to relive some of these guys' careers, you know, from the start. Right. And a lot of it, I'm sitting there going, how come they didn't really push the envelope with these guys? You know, how come they didn't really push the envelope? How come Jerry Lynn didn't get that big contract? You know, and it, it creates a lot of what-ifs for me. You know, and, you know, overall, if you want ECW, ECW probably at one of its best ever, because Paul Heyman was a genius in turning shit to gold. Look at this pay-per-view. Look at Hardcore Heaven 1999. This will keep you entertained the entire show. There was no dead spots. There was no, like, okay, well, I'm going to go to the bathroom on this particular match or whatever else. It's got you wanting to hit the pause button because you don't want to miss anything. Yeah. It's one of those putting your phone down if you're watching it on TV or you're carrying your phone if you're watching it on your phone everywhere you're going. Did you and try not to run into the walls or run into everybody trying to watch it because it, it, it has you hooked, has you glued. You know, right. this is... This is what these big events are supposed to be. Well, this was when ECW was really firing on all cylinders. The problem was, 
was, and I mean, you know, a lot of people had started to watch it, but a lot of people still just, you know, weren't watching it because they didn't know where they could get ECW. And this pay-per-view is right before uh, they signed the deal with TNN. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're about to go on TNN at this point. Uh, so this pay-per-view... In my opinion, if, if if I had watched it back in the day, would have really made a lot of momentum going into their TV debut um, and stuff like that. And and they also had another pay per view that was going on at the time. Uh, Heat Wave '99 uh, would be after this uh, and stuff like that. But just man, like it, and it was such a unique pay per view. I mean, you know, I would not advise doing that all the time, but if it's done correctly, having, you know, your main event go on first and only be in two minutes, but then saying, no, wait a minute, there's another main event uh, that you're going to get rid of. You're going to see Taz again uh, type of thing. Uh, it just, it, it was unique all around. Well, you know, like, like at least that's what I got from it. This right here, you can tell Paul Heyman had his hands on the pulse of the fans. Oh, yeah. And he wanted, he wanted to make sure you got something that you ain't seen before. And that you're going to keep talking about it for years to come. Obviously, it's 21 years later. Right. here we are. You know, we're talking about it. And you can see Paul Heyman written all over this event. Right. You know, it- it I mean, just was, it was so cool. Um, it was just, it, it was, it's probably one of my favorite ECW pay-per-views of all time. It's probably, it, it's one of their best. A lot of people say, and I tend to agree with this, that the best pay-per-view that ECW ever did was Heat Wave 98. Um, and, and I'm sure I will go over that in full right here on the Soval Wrestling Network. Uh, one day soon but um, this right here this has become one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time for ECW just because this pay-per-view had it all man Uh, it just it it had run-ins not too much though to where I was sick of it like Vince Russo's writing I mean good god he'd have a run-in every single you know matchup you know there wasn't that there wasn't too much hardcore to be quite honest there wasn't there wasn't every single matchup did not have weapons in it and that's what i really liked about it whereas in the later years and some of the early years that's kind of all they had sometimes until they got you know wrestlers like dean malenko eddie guerrero and all those guys and stuff like that but this this pay per view just really had it all. It showcased brand new talent, uh, some talent that you might have forgotten of, and stuff like that. Uh, just it, amazing overall. I would recommend everyone watching this pay per view from front to back. Would you agree with that? Well, oh, absolutely, absolutely. But you're going to find yourself wanting more. Just keep oh, in yeah. mind. Keep in mind they've got. Hardcore TV on the network. They've got all the ECW pay-per-views. Feel free to watch. 
I mean, you're paying nine ninety nine for it anyway. You know, <laughs> it's right here <laughs> again. Blood just for you, Triple H. But uh, yeah. there again, you know, it's going to want you watching more. Hell, I want to be a part of that show when you cover Heat Wave ninety eight. Yeah. If at all possible, yeah. I'd like to be able to be the one to do it, but it's your call. So, oh yeah, either way, well, either I, way I'm, I'm going to go and look for for events that I haven't really seen, and I haven't seen a lot of ECW uh, events and stuff like that. So, so, so there's going to be you know tons of events that that I'm going to cover with ECW, uh, and I'm looking forward to because. I, some of the older stuff that they did, I didn't really like because, you know, it would be these long, drawn-out, like, fights at times. And after a while, it would get boring, I guess. But just on this show, nothing dragged out to me. Just everything worked from start to finish. It's just, it's it's one of those shows where it just, it was amazing from 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 front to back. And I rate the show, you know, I, I'm going to give the show a thumbs up uh, from from my uh, point of view uh, and stuff like that. So there you have it. ECW, Hardcore Heaven, uh, 1999. Um, yeah, so check that out uh, whenever you get the chance uh, and stuff like that. And, uh, of course... On uh, next week's episode of uh, of the Soval Wrestling Network, I'm going to go over the rivalry between Triple H and uh, Mick Foley. And yes, that includes all three phases, Mankind, Dude Love, and Cactus Jack. So uh, you, you don't want to miss that. And I believe I'm going to do a blast from the past, and it's going to be a WCW uh, event. I haven't decided which one yet, so uh, you, you'll find that out. You can check out me on the uh, Stovall Wrestling Network uh, Facebook page, and you can see, uh, and I'll probably announce it on, uh, on, on that page and stuff like that. Well, uh, that is all the time, though, I feel as though we have for this episode. Uh, I want to thank my very special guest uh, for joining me here tonight, Jay Garganis, a.k.a. Christian Fury. Jay, man. It's always a pleasure to have you uh, on the Soval Wrestling Network, bro. Always, always a pleasure. And hey, if you need someone in mind for that, let me know because I love their series of matches. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, like I said, I, I, hopefully Chris Dickens will be joining us uh, next weekend, or, or I'm sorry, next week uh, as well. But uh, who knows, you know? Um, so if not, Jay, then me and you will do this again, and it might be next week or something like that. But you can check out the Stovall Wrestling Network every Tuesday. I will be here every Tuesday uh, with someone discussing, uh, you know, my favorite subject in the world, pro wrestling. We talk about the past, the present, and the future of pro wrestling right here on the Stovall wrestling network and jay where can they catch uh we love wrestling as well right here on tmb studios on iHeartRadio, on spotify anywhere you want to listen to it make sure you catch us up on it because you ain't going to want to miss it yeah it's it's a great show um also check out uh 
the other shows here on TMB Studios. Of course, you've got the Chris Dickens experience. You've also got the shootout with Bill Blanchard uh, and stuff like that. And of course, you've got us right here, the Stowball Wrestling Network. And like I said, Jay, I think it's about that time, man. Uh, again, I want to thank you for joining me, man. It's always a pleasure to have you here. And uh, it's always a pleasure speaking pro wrestling uh, and stuff like that. But that is it for now. Here on the Stowball Wrestling Network, I'm Caleb Stowball. I'm out, everybody. Peace.